0: you know there's a, <clears throat> a special place in hell for people who work in one kind of a pharmaceutical business I'm not talking about Abbott and Abvi and Medline and all those people but there is something that you're not exposed to here that I was exposed to when I worked in Africa and that was fake drugs they are packaged perfectly they're completely identical to the original highly highly you know you cannot tell the difference at all and basically all they are is powdered sugar with just a fraction of, of chemical inside of them and I don't know where they're made I don't know where they're manufactured or marketed whoever does it does a great job on it but it's causing untold devastation to the poor people in Africa and in the developing world because parents are buying these hoping that they haven't got much money but they will buy something that looks so good like the original believing it is going to cure their kids and so often it leads to their death I had a personal experience of this in a very fine young boy that when you looked at him you could say The future of Africa is secure. He was a wonderful young boy, probably about 10 years of age. Incredibly intelligent, articulate and had great hope for the future for himself and for everybody that he knew. He was optimistic, faith-filled, intelligent and looking forward to a great life ahead of him. Sadly he got malaria and his parents brought him to a clinic and they gave him the first dose of drugs and that didn't work and then they got the good one which was fake and they gave him that and uh, he died within two weeks he was dead so I went to the hospital to pray his dad was there and he said father will you accompany me home to my wife to his mother because the mother and son had an incredibly strong bond incredibly strong bond. So we went to the house and as we were walking into the to the home, to their room, um, the mother was there and some of the women around sensed what was happening and they came in with us as well. So the room was quite crowded and um, the woman sat down, she had a sense that things weren't good and um, I said I'm here, it was left to me to tell her that he had died and I tried to do it as gently as possible And, um, and I just said I am very sorry and it was then that it went from being sick to her son being dead and before I knew it two or three of the women, she was sitting on a large chair, couch style chair before I knew it two or three of the women had jumped up, and one sat on one arm, one on the other, and the other sat on her lap. So she couldn't move. She was pinned down. And then what happened was screaming, crying, sobbing, huge pain that that and she kept yelling let let me go let me go get off of me let me go women wouldn't move because they knew if she if she if they let her go she could in her desperation in her trauma she could go anywhere and do something bad to herself but they pinned her down and it was it was and it was actually helpful to her because she exhausted herself with the crying and with fighting them. And there is no way she was going to move these three women herself. They really kept her pinned down and and all of that, all that pain and suffering uh, came out of her at that time. And why I tell you that story is that, you know, when something traumatic happens to people, probably the worst thing you can do is leave them alone probably the worst thing you can do is be on your own when something traumatic happens to you. And sadly, that's a tendency today. If somebody is bereaved, often, you know, we we leave them alone. We're going to respect their privacy. I firmly believe that's the very worst thing we can do. If somebody gets an illness or it's going through a difficult time, they can be wanting to be on their own is the worst thing that can happen to them. And that is what is happening in the gospel of today. The people in their thousands are following Jesus and they are in a, de- a deserted place. These are people who are suffering greatly. Roman rule for them was not wonderful. It wasn't like on, on, on the TVs with Gladiator and all this fancy. They were hugely oppressed suffering greatly their lives were miserable and they were very divided as a people and Not only that, but because of their lives that they were living their lives of desperation most of them were considered unclean So they hadn't got the resources to offer sacrifices in the temple to make themselves clean so not not only were they suffering under the Roman rule, but also they were excluded from any relationship with God as well. There was great isolation. There was great uh, hopelessness and division among themselves. But they were coming to Jesus because he was saying something that was speaking to them. And when it was, it was, it was in a deserted place and whenever you have kind of people in a deserted place especially the Jewish people at that time and there's something going on without food about food their minds will easily go to Exodus the foundation event of our faith so as they were there the disciples said it is evening let them go away dismiss them and Jesus said that he wanted by saying give them something to eat yourselves, he wanted to give them something that was deeper than food, something that will help them to satisfy hunger in their lives. Not just once, but always. And this is unique in in the Gospel because this is the one time, often Jesus is the guest in somebody's home. You know, Zacchaeus said, come and eat in my home one of the leading Pharisees, come and eat in my home. But this is a one of two times. The second time was at the Last Supper where Jesus is actually the host of offering the meal to other people. So the meal is open and everybody, there was no special invitation. It was, everybody was invited and it was open to all. So that is a beautiful point about the way God is and the way Jesus is. That it is a meal in which everybody invited, everybody is included and nobody is excluded whatsoever. So he begins by asking them to sit down in groups of 50 and that's what they do. They sit down in groups of 50. So, what Jesus is doing there is by asking them to sit down in groups of 50, he is, he, is, he is restoring their relationship with God. And he's restoring their relationship with each other. Because often your relationship with other people will reflect your relationship with God. So, what Jesus is doing is he is restoring relationships to the way God wanted them from the beginning of creation a relationship with God and a relationship with other people as well and then he is contradicting the narrative that they are telling themselves in their lives they have been telling themselves a narrative of oppression of isolation of worthlessness of negativity and Jesus is contradicting that by giving them a narrative of belovedness and forgiveness because what Jesus did above all things was his constant word in him was my child your sins are forgiven has anyone condemned you neither do I condemn you go and sin no more people were enslaved in their sinfulness in unforgiveness and by reminding them of God's forgiveness he was reminding them that they are God's beloved and that they are forgiven and that flows over in wanting them to be agents of God's belovedness and forgiveness to other people as well. And that is where the bread and fish comes in. Here we have in this meal that he hosts bread and fish later on at the Last Supper he will use bread and wine because by taking the bread and fish they are symbolic of his embodied life they are him they become him just as the Eucharist that we receive become him when we consecrate the bread and wine all of us together so what happens is how it works it is blessed it is broken and it is given so the very first thing that Jesus does is that he gives thanks to God and that is the word Eucharist. It means Thanksgiving. Gratitude is the engine that drives everything about Jesus and that is such a powerful word gratitude. It is such a powerful way to live our lives because if your life is full of resentment St. Ignatius will tell us that the best way to deal with that is making gratitude central to your life because gratitude was central to Jesus' lives so everything he was and said and did was driven by gratitude. And then he breaks it and in the breaking of it he's reminding us of the sacrifice that Jesus made so that he could make himself available to all people. His passion and his death and his resurrection enabled him to become available to all people. And then it is given. Given so that people will be sustained in life. Sustained in every way in their lives. Addressing everything in people's lives but inspiring them to what God wants for them in their life also. So that is what we we celebrate when we celebrate the Corpus Christi. The blessed, the broken and the given. What Jesus did in in this story from the Gospel of Luke. It was done just before he went up to Jerusalem where he would do the same thing at the Last Supper except With the bread and wine becoming his body and his blood and he does this because he wants to to give us something that will sustain his presence in our lives today this is written for the Apostles so that they they will know how God is present in their life at that time this is not something of the past this is something now right here now today at this mass when I consecrate the bread and wine and your participation in it from beginning to end we are making Jesus Christ present under the form of bread and wine blessed broken and given for you it is so subtle it can easily be overlooked but it is a powerful presence of self-giving into our lives. And what we are being invited to do is to receive this gift into our lives and become that self-gift to other people as well. That we become blessed, broken and given so that the Kingdom of God can come about. So what we are doing today is remembering Jesus Christ as he wanted to be remembered as a person who rejoiced in his being blessed and then gave himself in his passion death and resurrection so that all of us would know that he is as present now as he was at his crucifixion as he was with those thousands of people whom he fed in the deserted place so that we may have life and life in its fullness.